This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to an iFanboy special edition on Legion. Happy Jack wasn't old, but he was a man. He lived in the sand at the island. The kids would all sing, he would take the wrong key. So they rode on his head in the furry donkey. 
Welcome to another edition of the iFanboy Special Edition, talking about the new TV show Legion on FX. I'm Ron Richards, and with me is Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. Hello. The parade of comics content in February continues as uh, the latest TV show is Legion, as premiered on the FX channel, home of... What's on Home of Louie? No, that's off the air. What is it? Sons of Anarchy? Fargo. <laughs> Fargo, right. Yeah, all those yeah. fun things. And this one is notable because this is the very first television show that ties into the X-Men universe, which has never been done before, aside from the animated series. So the live-action X-Men show. Yeah, so uh, this was created by Noah Hawley, who wrote and directed the first episode, and he's best known for uh, being a writer on a writer on Fargo. No, 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 no. you don't watch Fargo, so I'm gonna, he's the creator. Okay. Of Fargo, in the same way that what he did here. Yeah. He developed the TV show Fargo. He wrote a lot of the episodes. Wow. It's his his vision. This is the same for Legion. Is he developed the show? He wrote the first episode. I think he wrote the first two episodes. Right. Uh, directed this one. He's a novelist turned okay. TV guy, which is pretty amazing considering I had no idea he directed this one. We'll, and we'll get into that in a second, but I was pretty surprised. Yes, yeah, so this is his baby in the same way that Fargo was. And so the connection to the to the X-Men universe is that the main character is David Holler, who in the comics was known as Legion, hence the title of the show, which I wonder if he's Legion or well, we'll talk about that a little more. And he in the comics, he is the son of Charles Xavier. And his uh, mutant power is that he has very he's multiple personalities in his head, and he's able to pull a personality and uh, have the powers of that personality. So he had multiple powers. Very powerful mutant. So much so powerful that he was driven crazy by his uh, powers. And so uh, that's that's who Legion is. You're the deep dive X Men guy, and I am the yep. more, slightly more than casual X Men fan, but still not at your level. So that's what Legion. That's who he. So he is okay. He was created by Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz. Right. His first appearance was New Mutants 25, and he, you know, has always been that kind of. Uh, it was funny. I was describing it to my girlfriend. I'm like, he's lucky if he's B-list. <laughs> I don't think he's B-list. When's the last time you saw him? Where is he now? Well, well, yeah. I, I, where, where last he was in? He was in Avengers vs X Men. That's where they last saw. That's where he was last involved. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, the thing that so technically the problem is that he's a catch-all. Right. His powers are, you know, technically, and I'm looking at Wikipedia here for the description, the official description, uh, his ability to absorb a person's psyche into his as an alternate personality and manifest their superhuman abilities when they're dominant. And so, therefore, he's been able to be telepathic, telekinetic, pyrokinetic, time travel, reality warping. Like, he's he's an omni-level power. He's a Swiss Army knife. He's, yeah, he's a Swiss Army knife. Going back to some of our secret power, our mutant yeah. powers for our patrons, you know. But the problem was is that he he they put him in a in a way where the powers were so overwhelming that he was half the time catatonic, the other half the time crazy, and then he became just a MacGuffin. He yeah. became a, a character that would allow them to do something that they had to stop or whatever. Like he was, you know, involved like Legion Quest and Age of Apocalypse. He got tied in with that. You know, there was always some sort of you know a, the reality distortion thing he was at the center of because he had these crazy unlimited powers. I mean, it makes sense to make the son of Charles Xavier kind of like this crazy unlimited powerful mutant. However, yeah. you run into story problems with it. So I can see why it was a challenge. Yeah, and like literally, like, and the, and also what they did was like, it, like if you go to the Wikipedia page, it's hysterical because they have a whole section of his personalities where they try to log all the personalities he has, and literally they're into the thousands. Jeez, oh, right? He has the power of of Delphic, the name given a personality ten twelve, 
blue-skinned, seemingly omniscient seer willing to answer three questions to supplicants. She also gives off what appears to be electric discharges. Like it just – he would touch anyone and get all their powers and it just became – he became more of a plot device than a character. Well, that's an interesting note for the show then because I didn't know that. I, yes. I, I, all I knew yeah. was you know, the name, that he had a mohawk. Yep. Not a mohawk. It was more. It was more like imagine your hair was long and it went up straight, like a racer head. It's a more a racer head than mohawk. He didn't have it shaved on the sides at some point. I remember uh, maybe was, at like, some crazy, point, but the cl- like a punk rock mohawk. Yeah, the classic look is is the hair standing straight up, but it's more a racer head than punk rock. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So we'll talk. We're talking about the pilot. We're gonna talk. There'll be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the yes pilot, be wary. Uh, oh, I'm looking at pictures. Yeah, you're right. It's more of a racer head look. Yep. I don't know why I thought Mohawk. That's weird. I don't know. All I know is the the actor who plays Legion, Dan Stevens, has incredible hair. Yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, I, I was very impressed by Dan Stevens, period. Oh, so. this so uh, this was amazing. I loved this. Yeah. I thought this was, you know, you don't want to go overboard, but I thought this was, this was the best. There's, and there's a lot of them, comic book TV show, after one episode. Yeah. You don't want to pigeonhole Noah Howley because he is working on Fargo, but it felt kind of like... X-Men by way of Coen Brothers. Yep. There was a lot of that sort of whimsical, strange feeling to it. Well, there was – this was – I was uh, – to join, to to echo you, I thought this was great. You know, I don't know if I loved – I don't know if I fell in love yet, although yeah. I'm really deep into like. <laughs> and and a big part of it was uh, – I'll tell you what I don't like. I, I, I went to go watch it this morning, and I was like, oh, two hours. Well, it's an hour and a half on TV. Or hour and a half or whatever. Yeah, yeah hour and a half. Yeah. So like, it's like an hour – Hour, hour ten of actual content. Well, and th- and that's the thing is that part of it was part of why I liked it was yes, it was longer content, but it also it went with a few exceptions. It went the route of highly aesthetic, well done cinematic feel. By the end of it, when you, and it's really, it's a psychological story. You know, until the very end, and there's an act, a prolonged ac- action sequence. I thought was fantastic. I was like, this is the best X Men movie we've ever seen. It was really good, really, really good. Yeah. My feeling at the end of it was okay. First of all. Balls on your court, Brian Singer, for the X-Men series you're doing. Yeah. But also, let's reboot the X-Men universe and give it to Noah Howley. Yeah. What was great was that, you know, aside, aside from story and plot and, and storytelling device and stuff like that, which I want to get into as well, for me, aesthetically, oh my God, like, yeah. this this felt like a cousin of X-Men First Class. Yeah, I wrote this you know, down. It was retro-modern uh, with a 60s flair to everything. From the costume yeah. designs to the to the, everything was brightly colored. A little sixties, um, seventies. I would even yeah. say seventies flair. You know, like and and that, that said, so landlines. People were on uh, payphones. Yeah. Like it had this very throwback. You're right. It totally could have fit in with that first class kind of vibe uh, to it. Totally. And um, what, what's funny is that the the most of the episode, or at least the first, at least the first half, if not maybe more, takes place in a mental institution yep. where David Haller is in, and you get the sense of you know something you know something went wrong, and he tried to kill himself and all this sort of stuff. But I gotta admit, it is this most stylish yeah. mental institution I've ever seen. Like it looks fun. It looks like a resort. Nice jumpsuits and just like great, great mo- mid-century modern furniture and just like wow, this is very, not very nice. But that, but that aesthetic carried through through the whole episode to even to when whatever nefarious organization has captured David and is trying to understand him, they built a very stylish interrogation room <laughs> to contain him in. You know, like I was like, wow, there's a real sense of uh, a style here. There's no reason so. why your interrogation needs to be in a place that's all drudgery. You can have it be yeah. stylish, is what the yeah. This, it, this looked really great. I was really impressed. Yeah. When the title card came up at the end, said Noah Howley directed it because he's, like I said, he's a novelist. He's, he yeah. directed two episodes of Fargo, one each season. But uh, he, 
I sat the whole time watching going, who directed this and let's have them do a feature. But Yeah, yeah. I was very impressed. It felt like a, a jolt of energy and excitement into the... It's been 17 years now of this particular X-Men universe that we've been living in. And I'm looking forward to Logan. I don't want people to think I'm not. But it's time for a change. And this show felt like that change, even if it's tied into whatever universe we're doing. I don't know if it is or not, for sure. Right. And I don't know how it's going to relate to this other series they're developing that, that Brian Singer is doing. I, b- I believe this. I mean, this is uh, everything I've read, and maybe I'm wrong, and I'm sure people will correct us on Twitter or on the comments to this episode. But I'm pretty sure this is tied to the to the to the movie verse. Yeah, I, I think it is because right now that everything is, they're not saying you know they're not redoing the they're not rebooting anything. So I think I think everything is tied together. How, right, however, yeah. it felt like a breath of fresh air. It felt new. It didn't feel like it was part of that world. I don't know where you would put this in terms of aesthetics into that into that world unless it takes place in the 60s. Right. So in that sense, I was like, well, this is the jolt of energy that this X-Men world needs, for me at yep. least, because it's gotten kind of stale. And yeah. So, that, so in that sense, the whimsy, the excitement, the inventiveness that was all throughout this pilot is something I think the X-Men desperately need in, in terms of their media. Yep. But let's talk about Dan Stevens, who plays David Holler, last seen on Downton Abbey as doomed Lord Matthew. Oh, I had no idea. Really? Someone put him in a shrink wrap machine, and he he looks like he's about forty pounds lighter than he was on Downton Abbey. Oh wow! And he's he's English, and he has so he has that pinched, sort of nasally American accent that a lot of uh, Englishmen get when they're trying to do an American accent. However, I thought he was terrific. I thought he's yeah. he's he's in all he's in basically every scene, and he's the center of every scene, so he's got to be good. And he's really good, you know, he was really great in Downton Abbey. He's fantastic here. I love the way he sort of had a cat-like body language. He was all, His head was always sort of snapping around in different directions very quickly because he is this credible telepath. Right. I was captivated by him. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he, he, I mean, him being such a pivotal part of the episode and you being in, you know, you being as equally confused as he is throughout the episode yes. as to, you know, there's, this is, uh, so my only, uh, it's not a criticism of the episode, but it's my observation of the episode. Um, I have a, I have a friend who has, uh, who has dealt with uh, mental illness mm-hmm. and as a byproduct of that, when talking about movies and the, specifically talking about uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, the right. Michelle Gondry, Jim Carrey movie, yep. they said, to me, yeah, I don't want to watch movies that remind me of what it's like inside my head. Right. And this show teetered that where like this could be really stressful for somebody who's dealing Absolutely, with you know yeah, yeah totally. like it, like even for me I was getting uncomfortable after you know a lot of the mental the mental institution scenes and dealing with you know he's believed to be schizophrenic when in reality he's this mutant and it just like and I feel like they captured that. Uh, that confusion, that you know, that being disconnected from everyone else, and like that fear, and then also, but his awareness of what is real and what isn't real, and it came and went. Like sometimes he questioned what was happening, but he was to- the other times he was totally in the moment. Uh, yeah, it, this this it, this is a very nuanced episode and very heady, and it could have gone wrong. It makes you work for it. You may have listeners may have noticed we haven't like recapped the plot because it's not yeah. sort of a linear, straightforward thing. Yeah. I love the opening montage where we go through his life from a baby all the way to the present day, where we're seeing yeah. how, how his powers yeah. affected his life. I thought it was very stylish. It felt kind of similar to the opening of the Watchmen film, in which the sort of uh, you know old classic rock song plays while there's this montage of things happening. You know, he he's he's in an institution, but then he's also at, this is some point in the past, but in the present he's in being interrogated by this shadowy group while they're making him recount his time in the institution but then we see flashbacks within flashbacks where he goes back to when he was married and his powers caused the end of his relationship and then 
he breaks out from this group and this other group gets him and so there's a lot of you said it there's a lot of confusion it's not linear it makes you work for it you're not quite sure what's real just like he's not quite sure what's real to me that was the strength of it in that it kept you on your toes it really portrayed what it was like in his head and you know you'll want some grounding soon you'll want to know what's happening you'll want to know what the plot is but for right now it was very much this interesting i don't say tone poem but sort of very much like what is it like in this person's head who is a credible telepath and who doesn't know quite know it or don't understand it and it jumped around in time a lot. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, and I think this is important to note. Is like I don't want to get into the plot because a I would want to spend forever describing <laughs> it. So now where it faltered, mm-hmm. I thought was I'll go faltering and then praising because yep. I do have I do want to end on a good note. The last action sequence just looked. It, that's where it stumbled a little. Oh, me. interesting. I love the last action it, sequence. Yeah, no, I, which was good, but but the effects involved and the urgency. It just felt. It almost felt like eighty five percent done. To me. Interesting. I didn't. See, what was it about that? What was it about the effects that you thought were not? Um, just that it, it went. It, the whole ep- the whole episode felt like a movie. Felt very cinematic. Felt very stylized. And then we get into this intense action sequence. And not even the scene in the pool at the end of the episode, but the next scene outside where they're running from the soldiers and mm-hmm. stuff. And it just felt like a not good X Men movie. You know, like I thought it, it looked better than anything in the X Men movie I've seen. I thought oh, yeah, it. Yeah. It had more wit to it. It's as good as you're going to get in a t- television show budget, but even then I thought I was impressed by the way it looked. Clearly a lot of the budget went to that sequence. See, I thought it was great, but you know, maybe we disagree. That's yeah. fine. I just, it felt like it, it had that weird, like the Marvel movies where like the action speeds up, mm-hmm. you know, that weird kind of frame rate issue. But the, but the thing was that wasn't present at any other time in the episode, so I felt jar- jarred by it. I can see that. Yeah. Was it one take? It felt like one take. I don't know. It probably wasn't, but it felt like they wanted it to be one take. It looked yeah. like it was constructed like to be one long sh- you know, shot. But on the praising side, one thing that I absolutely loved, and I imagine you can guess it, Connor, but the use of music in this was great. Yes. And my only thought was like, oh, I really hope this doesn't stop with this one episode. Because like, like, there's a, a like straight up like Jane's Addiction song at one point. I can tell you that from being a faithful Fargo fan, which was very Stanley of me. Yeah. <laughs> the music should continue after the whole series. That was a very important element in Fargo, was to establish time and place and mood. They used yeah. contempor- contemporary music to whatever the scene was. So right. I assume this is how the style, and it'll continue throughout the series. Yeah. Questions for you as an X-Men person. So I've, I was okay. really waiting for this so I can start asking you a bunch of questions. Yeah. yeah. Was he hallucinating Mojo? I had that thought. I don't know. And if he was, that is crazy. It looked like Mojo. Yeah. I mean, like a yeah. like a little bit of a taller, not so squat Mojo, but it looked like Mojo. Like yeah, head. it looked like Mojo. It, it, for me, it was like he's. Like, I'm like, is that Blob? Or is that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know who the fat person was that he was. You know, that he was seeing. And and but Mojo, keep in mind, Mojo was much fatter. Had those, you know, uh, clockwork orange eye things. Right. Well, we saw him in sh- a lot of shadowy stuff. I couldn't really tell you what his eyes looked like, but yeah, my first initial thought we saw this, we see this character a couple of times uh, yeah. in in his head. It looked to me, my first thought was Mojo. So I don't know, is yeah. he related at all to Legion, or is that just a long shot thing? No, no. It's I mean, Le- I, I I don't know if Legion and Mojo have ever crossed paths. It's a good, I can't think because Mojo is in another universe. It's the Mojoverse, right? right. It's an altered dimension, and that's where Longshot comes from. I don't remember, but Legion was reality bending. That's a very good question. I, well, I need to look at whoever that was. There's some strange character clearly being teased. Yeah. Was there anyone else on the show? And we only got names of people. Anyone else whose names you recognized, or anyone else who was a sh- character I, from the comics? I was looking, and I have not found it. Okay. I was looking for somebody to be like, oh, I recognize that name or whatever, but I didn't recognize any names. So, 
the love interest character, Sid Barrett, played yeah. by Rachel Keller, who's on the second season of Fargo. She's not anybody from the, com- from the comics. Not that I, I don't believe so. Or, I, and I know people are gonna people are gonna totally go. No, that's totally who they are. You know who they are. But I don't. I'm pretty sure everybody is. Aubrey Plaza's Lenny Busker. That's not a person. Yeah. Is it? I'm asking because I don't know. And I'm completely no. That's for the TV show. Yeah. I just I'm doing a search now for Sid Barrett, and all the entries are from the TV show. I think she's created for the show. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but oh, but also, but the same name as the you know as the former leader of Pink Floyd. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Aubrey Plaza, I thought I, I thought she was good, and then I was like, oh, too bad she died. But then it's like, oh, it looks like she's going to come back because she's in his head. Right. But that's the beauty yeah. of having that powerful uh, telepath. So I thought great supporting cast. One of the, one of Howley's strengths on Fargo was always having a really interesting group of actors. Not even just interesting names, but really interesting faces, like the guy who was in the interrogation room, who uh, whose name was The Eye, apparently. Yeah. Really interesting grouping. There's a bunch of people here that were on Fargo, like Jean Smart. Yeah. She was great, really great on Fargo, so she seems to be some sort of important character here. Hamish Linkletter was the interrogator. You know, those kind of really interesting actors who have interesting Oh, I, I really like him. He was, on New, he was on Newsroom, right? Yes. Yeah, he's great. I thought he, yeah, I, li- I like him a lot as an actor. I was really impressed. Yeah. Oh. This was super awesome. Yeah, this is great. Ratings, rating, ratings. What would ratings. you rate this? I would give this a... 4.5. 4.5. I would also give this a 4.5. Yes. And sticking with it. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Totally. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I didn't want to be, but I'm on board. Like, they, 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 it, this is great. And I, I hope that the other episodes live up. And maybe that's what FX can do versus, versus Fox proper or even yeah. CW or whatever. This felt more movie to me, you know? It did. It's, it's, again, I, I want to keep playing back to Fargo, but that's all we have of Noah Howley. Is, there was a very cinematic quality to that show. Yeah. And the decade continues here. And I really do not want to put him in that pigeonhole. And I don't know if it's because I watched the Fargo film last night, literally, but. Yeah, it really did feel like a Coen Brothers esque take right. on the X Men. Yeah, it's it's funny because I didn't even pick up Coen Brothers like like a lot of the the retro stylings and the style like I I, I was like oh this is kind of Wes Anderson y mm. but now that you say Coen Brothers that makes sense it definitely is I think a little more Coen Brothers than Wes In the Anderson. Casting I just thought yeah so when they they try to gas yeah Legion at one point and the pipe comes down really fast next to his head it was sort of a comical thing yeah that was the kind of touch to me that I thought felt very sort of Coen Brothers so. Noah Howley in this article says this show should sound like the Dark Side of the Moon. Basically, he was inspired by Dark Side of the Moon. That's why Sid Barrett's yeah. name, Sid Barrett. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. That's cool. But this is great. I think if you're if you're an X-Men fan, check it out. If you liked Fargo, check it out. If you just want to see a very non-traditional take on a superhero TV show, because yeah. we have so many of them now, but they're, they're all very, you know, all these CW ones are basically the same kind of thing, which is great, but they're all the same kind of tone. Yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, is what it is. You know, Walking Dead. These are all sort of standard takes on, on comic book shows, but this is a very unusual and very interesting. This is, I mean, yeah, this is very cerebral. This is very unlike anything else you've seen. I'd say give it a shot. I mean, it's a long episode. If you didn't watch it yet, watch it. I think it feels like watching a movie, and if that's the tone of the show, then this will be a fun run. So yes. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. Me too. I was half expecting at the end for like cable to show up or like I was waiting for like, and it's the X-Men, you know, right. like I was waiting, but they didn't do it. So, which I'm kind of glad they didn't do. So, uh, let us know what you think of this, uh, what you thought of Legion. Go to ifanboy.com. You can comment on the, on the, the post about this episode or tell us on Twitter or whatnot. And, uh, be sure to tune in. We're, we we're almost out of this, Connor. <laughs> we we still got some more content to go. We got, we got Lego Batman coming up and this is the last of the TV, right? 
Yes, so we we yeah. committed to doing all these things in February. We did Riverdale, we did Powerless, we we did this, we're doing Lego Batman in addition to our regular weekly show and also we did an animated one on the Justice League Dark mm-hmm. and then you'll, you'll get a Talk Explode, which is our interview show in a couple of weeks. So we're basically dumping a metric ton of podcasts on you and then we were walking away. Yeah, that's that's our plan. <laughs> so, all right, so until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Jack, all the water's lapping And they couldn't prevent Jack from being happy